nerdy nights of the well-rounded table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take those extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Queen of Queries and defender of those droids, Sarah O'Connor. Time to put on some tea because we're diving in deep this episode. Hello there. I'm Colleen McMillan, Rebel Scum collaborator and Jedi Master. And I am Pirate Jedi, Anders Drew. And I'm your ambassador to Naboo, Flo Siegel, and I can never take you seriously when you say hello there, Colleen. <laughs> <laughs> hello there. I should hope not. <laughs> yeah, not too, too seriously. And as we don't take ourselves too, too seriously, we truly do run the gambit here in terms of rank from lowly but highly Padawan to knight to master. But no matter the rank you carry, one thing like the cuteness of baby Yoda remains constant. Much to learn, we still have. That we do. And today we are covering The Mandalorian Chapter 12, The Siege. This episode was written by John Favreau and directed by Carl Weathers. Beware, our transponder is broadcasting a full spoiler warning about this episode. So if you haven't seen it yet and don't, aren't really interested in some wild speculation about the future of The Mandalorian, <laughs> turn it off now, go watch the episode and come back. But if you've seen this week's Mando, Grab your favorite drink from the cantina, snuggle up with Baby Yoda. Maybe he'll uh, use some of those force powers to snag you some extra cookies. And settle in for a look at what Favreau and his team have created this week. Sarah, you want to kick us off with an episode recap? Yeah, I do. So to start things off as we left it, Mando's ship really needs some serious repairs. And after teaching Baby Yoda where the red and the blue wires need to go with absolutely no luck, though adorable and dangerous, he heads back to Navarro where he meets with Marshal Cara Dune and Magistrate Grief Karga. While the Razor Crest is being repaired really, really quickly, the pair recruit Mando to help them blow up the last Imperial Remnant base on Navarro, along with Mithril, the bounty Mando picked up in chapter one, and totally the humorous, like, yeah, totally oh, yeah. there for humor. It was absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. After invading the base and setting the re- reactor to overhaul and overload, the team discovers some weird sciencey stuff going on. Could it be cloning? I don't know. And a message from Dr. Pershing to the big bad Moff G confirmed his survival. Mando jets away to save Baby Yoda in the fastest just setting I have ever seen. And mm-hmm. after a thrilling canyon chase, uses the newly repaired Razor Crest to save the day. After Mando leaves, Captain Teva says, comes in and tries to recruit Kara back into the service for the New Republic. The episode closes with the big bad G confirming that one of his spies has placed, uh-oh, a tracker on the Razor Crest and prepares some pretty freaking looking armor or soldiers, we're not sure, to follow and take the child. There is absolutely so freaking much going on in this episode. So, Anders, do you want to get us started with the Easter eggs, connections, and callbacks? Yes, definitely, Sarah. And there is so much going on in this episode. It was actually really, really hard to even parse it down to the pretty jam-packed list that we do have. (laughs) (laughs) But let's start us off with those attempted ship repairs in keeping with a grand Star Wars tradition, we have some great kind of back and forth banter with a pair trying to repair the ship on the fly. Just like Han and Chewie in A New Hope, Ray and Finn uh, in The Force Awakens, we have Baby Yoda and Mando trying to make these repairs. And it's just a great comedic moment. Every time this sort of thing comes up, you've got Baby Yoda down the shaft and Mando trying to talk him through it. 
But another thing that happens on that ship is that Mando continues to actually recognize that children do require food. What? Namely, broth. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Mainly broth. So we have this amazing little scene of the two of them having their broth together, and it's actually pretty adorable. Um, it's a nice, also a nice little callback to Baby Yoda back in season one of the Sanctuary when we yep. first met Cara Dune, and the moment that lost launched a billion memes. Um, and interestingly, in this sequence too, Mando actually lifts his helmet up a little bit. We get a little uh, chin action. Little Victorian <laughs> chin action. Just a, yes. just a little peek. <laughs> just a little peek at what's under the helmet, which not only kind of answers some of our questions from before on the actual logistics of this whole I never take my helmet off thing, but it could also be kind of an indicator that he's trusting baby Yoda and thinking of him more as a member of the family than just a random little foundling. Or maybe that's some of that stuff that Bo-Katan was talking about last episode is sinking in a little bit and he's starting to relax a little more. But Colleen, what's up next? As for Navarro, uh, one of the main settings of season one, Mando left this planet in the care of Cara Dune, played by Gina Carano, and Grief Karga, my favorite, played by Carl Weathers, who <laughs> also directed this episode. Fantastic. We love you, Carl Weathers. Um, if you look in the background, you can see a statue of the wonderful IG-11. <laughs> I love that. He sacrificed himself to save our heroes in the season one finale and saved the freaking town and the planet, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Big shout outs to IG. Uh, and then next, these. Mm. These guys. <laughs> Step away from my fire ferret, you jerks. This is a group of Aqualish. Uh, these aliens who are looting, uh, Navarro, great look, guys may look familiar to you, the Aqualish criminal Pondababa, <laughs> he doesn't like you guys, appears in A New Hope in the Tatooine Cantina and becomes the first in a long line of Star Wars characters to lose their limb to a lightsaber. These guys just look weird, honestly. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't understand them. It looks they're, like they're a baboon and a baboon's backside all at the same time. It or a walrus with little tusks. tusks. Yeah. yeah. It looks like ball sacks. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Like, they used to call them like walrus man, so that's what they get the walrus. Well, prefers ball sack man. I mean, I'm just, I'm being honest here, people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not pulling punches today. It's not the best look. No. Well, I'm going to tell you about the best look next, so get ready. My favorite thing of this entire episode, finally some representation for me. Thank you. The droid teacher, amazing. Protocol droid looks just like our friend C-3PO, like literally exactly like him, <laughs> except for like yep. the red arm. Very, very similar. Um, the droid and the students, they pepper in several Easter egg references. The Kessel Run, our boy Han Solo. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. The Hydean Way, um, which is a major hyperspace route referenced several times throughout Clone Wars and a few of the novels, which I haven't read, obviously. As well, as well as a description of the different rims and sectors of the galaxy. Um, the teacher also mentions the maelstrom that surrounds the planet Kessel. Also, mm -hmm. did I hear her correctly that um, there's a new capital that is not Coruscant? Um, well, the capital well, this, is uh, Chandrila, isn't it? Yeah, it's on Chandrila right now. Right. At least that's where the Senate is and where Mon Mothma is. Yeah. So anyways, so that, that was interesting. I mean, Coruscant's still there, but well, at yeah, this I mean, point, obviously. it's probably still a little bit lawless. I mean, they did surrender, so they have Coruscant back now. 
but it's technically Masameta is still in charge of it. He's, but he's around. Yeah. Anyways, I'm here to say I stand Coruscant because of half naked Anakin who wakes up on that planet. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> I, I, it is fair. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Okay, and what happens in the classroom, guys? Delicious, delicious snacks. Amazing. Blue milk? No. Blue cookies. They're yes. totally little space macaroons. I love it. They are. They are lovely little macaron, little French macaron. cookie. They, like, <laughs> flew over to France, picked up some, brought them back. So good. Um, Baby Yoda only uses the force to get snacks. This is, like, his new thing. And he proves he's a little bit devious by snatching the cookies from a classmate. Um, and that kid needed to learn how to share. Okay, to share okay, that kid was hella rude. Like, it's why a literal did the baby step in? There's a fucking baby in a class share of fourth graders. Like, what is happening? <laughs> Give him one cookie. Which also, I know we're giving, I know we're giving Mando like some parenting props here, but let's talk about that. That he just dropped the baby in the class of okay. like fourth yes. graders. I had <laughs> like here, childcare. And I had issues on this from like the point of view of a teacher. For those of you who don't know, I'm a teacher. I teach first grade. Um, yep. To just drop off an extra kid and be like, bye, here, this empty desk, great, here's a baby, enjoy that, keep teaching your lesson, it's fine, everything's fine. That, that was effed up. I don't know. I had an issue with it, but it was nice to see some little younglings being taught, so that was nice. Absolutely. <laughs> Sarah, what's up next? Or well, next up, next? up, wasn't he th frozen, right? The unnamed Mithril, who this whole series opened up with being captured by Mando, returns. After being fought out of Carbonite, he is working for Karga in order to pay off what seems to be really freaking hefty debts. Uh -huh. A little nice bit of comic relief from our returning guest star, Horatio Sanz. Also, his mention, which I love, of how he can't see out of his left eye after being frozen is a really nice and fun callback from Return of Jedi when Han goes temporarily blind after he is unfrozen in Jabba's palace, if you remember that. I love that scene. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, he can see a lot better now. Well, and it's yep. fine. I mean, he was still able to make out, so it's no big deal. <laughs> Han Solo, obviously, not the mithril. <laughs> but I think, uh, Sarah, this also this episode gives us a little bit of a first, too, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> I think here we see for the first time ever a character actually dying when they get thrown off a cliff. This story, but shouts shouts to the Lego movie. You got to watch the Lego movie, and then you got to watch our uh, podcast on that. This stormtrooper, though, gets thrown off the base and actually dies. Star Wars has a weird tradition of characters surviving that sort of thing, from Colleen's favorite Darth Maul on Naboo, to the Emperor on the Death Star, to Luke in Cloud City, and then last but not least, Kylo Ren on Exile Ghoul. Woo! I remember I, when I watched this one, I saw him hit the ground and I was just like, oh my god, he's actually gonna, he's actually he's dead. He's actually dead. <laughs> I mean, that is refreshing. Dun, Death is so dun, refreshing. A little bit, kind of. Especially <laughs> when he chooses comic relief, right? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, Absolutely. I, I laughed out loud when Oh I yeah. Did. Sorry, Stormtrooper. But moving on a little bit, we do get uh an, an appearance of the code cylinders in this episode as well. Now these things have appeared as far back as the original trilogy, but we never really understood what the heck they were until Rebels when our man Agent Callus, the um, who at that point was in fact a rebel spy, switches some code cylinders in an attempt, a failed attempt, let's be honest, to full Thrawn. So 
Reef Karga obviously has the cylinder. He's like, we're going to need this. That is a code cylinder. It's got like all the access codes and everything from that officer. To learn more about Thrawn, please listen to our three parts <laughs> on Thrawn. <laughs> Absolutely. And why, why it was probably not a good idea to try and fool him. Never. Never a good plan. Unless you have space whales. Um, just not a good plan. <laughs> so another little comedic moment from our friend the Mithral is when he is... Um, sent out onto the platform to overload the reactor. He makes a comment about how there is no safety railing. This is kind of a running fan joke from Star Wars as far back as Obi-Wan on the uh, Death Star tractor beam controls, all the way up through Family Guy's um, pretty on-the-spot Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. parody called Blue Harvest. Yes. Where, forget about, you know, Forget about anything else. These guys just want some safety railings. Like, where the heck is the galaxy's version of OSHA? Especially I mean, when you nowhere. need it. This <laughs> is Especially a very the Empire clear workplace violation. <laughs> very clear. Um, and then moving on, as they move through the space, Sarah mentioned in our recap that there is some weird science-y stuff mm-hmm. going on. Could it, in fact, be cloning? So we do have a clip of these sort of cloning tanks that are very reminiscent of what we saw in Rise of Skywalker, that the various Snokes were kind of being grown in on Exegol. A little bit dirtier than the ones we saw in Kamino, but still there. Um, The technicians (laughs) also sport these kind of similar uniform patches to Dr. Pershing, which would be appropriate if they were in fact cloners. Um, And again, Another kind of random, like, through line this season is the references to the Alien franchise. Um, This would be kind of reminiscent of Alien Resurrection when Ripley comes across all of the failed clones of herself. Colleen, another little random through line in several things this (laughs) season is what? Mm, Also in the space, y'all. Shield agents! (laughs) In keeping with that... They are everywhere, guys. S.H.I.E.L.D. or HYDRA are everywhere. In keeping with that kind of strange tradition this season, the Mandalorian is adding more actors who have appeared on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Imperial officers. This episode, we have Ryan Powers, who was the alien repair worker and Imperial spy, Morgan Benoit as security officer, and Katie M. O'Brien, who is Gideon's comms officer. Loved her. I was like, a lady, finally. I was just thinking that too. Like, Mm -hmm. they're They're in the books like crazy, but they never seem to show them in the cartoons. It was so nice. Like, obviously it's not nice that she's like, obviously a bad person, but but it was great to like see some women in freaking positions of power. And there were a ton in the books. I'm like, where are all the women that are in the Imperial course? That's fine. That's fine. Thank you, Mandalorian. Yay, All these people are from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which Mm is awesome. Speaking of cloners and Dr. Pershing, he returns. The good or not so good doctor, played by Omid Abtanihi, appears via hologram with a message for Moff Gideon. I love that we're calling him Moff G now. I like that. The big bad G. Big bad G. He's referencing his brief time with baby Yoda in season one, where he was harvesting material from him. Mm. Also in this message is a reference to M count, very likely meaning midichlorian count, the concentration of which will determine a person's force sensitivity. I mean, do you know whose midichlorians are off the scale? Off the scale. Way more more than Master Yoda. (laughs) But we don't know about baby Yoda's. We don't know yet about well, LBY's count, but I'm sure it's very high. 
Uh, this seems to indicate that the Fallen Empire is trying to science their way into gaining force abilities. That just like Matt Damon, they're just well. going to science the shit out of this. Yeah, yes. all right, Kyburn, relax, <laughs> <Yep>. you know. <laughs> I, very Kyburn shit going on in this mm-hmm. freaking facility, guys. Also, uh, kind but, of like a lot of, I know, Colleen, I know you and I just recently read Palpatine. Yeah. A lot like the, uh, or sorry, not Palpatine, Plagueis. Plagueis. Yeah, Plagueis, mm-hmm. a lot like his kind of experiments going on there. Mm-hmm. The Dr. Frankenstein of the Star Wars world. Mm-hmm. Please give us more of Plagueis and canon, please, whoever's in charge. Um, for the cloning, though, it's really difficult to clone a Force-sensitive being, especially if you want them to have their Force abilities, as evidence in the problems with all of the Palpatine clones that we see in Rise of Skywalker, and also Galen Merrick, who is cloned in the Force Unleashed 2 video game. Big problems with psychological issues with his clones. You should have Star Wars did it fine. (laughs) Yeah, Lego (laughs) Star Wars had no issues with it. Um, You should have heard me scream when they said M count. I literally jumped off my couch and just screamed midichlorians at my TV because I'm a child of the prequels. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure there were other people who screamed for a different reason. I'm sure they did. I was just here like, they're off the fucking scale! (laughs) (laughs) And I thought it was cool. I was like, all right, we're getting into some Plagueis territory. I can deal with that. I I like the science part. But Flo, what was something something else from this episode that might cause you to scream in delight? (laughs) I was so, so... (laughs) actually excited for this okay there was a chase sequence which was super reminiscent of endor like exact like to a t oh my god it was so good the whole escape from the imperial base has such dna from several star wars episodes obviously endor chase the tie fighters chasing karga's gunner position all like super super reminiscent of the death death star escape that's really hard to say in a new hope including the mithrals we did it it was just all just beautiful like just more trees and it would have been endor mm-hmm. um and while we haven't seen this model before that trexor marauder armored vehicle definitely looks like something that would have appeared in a rebel's ground chase also quick note a lot of the stuff like at that base looked a lot like rise of the resistance at galaxy's edge i just wanted to put that out there that i was watching with my husband we both looked at each other like did they film this at Disneyland? Like, it looks exactly <laughs> like the ride. So wow. I just wanted to drop that in there. It was really cool that they tied that in. Oh, and, and there's more, too. Let me talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Captain Teva returns. The X-Wing pilot from Chapter 10 comes back to investigate Mando's antics and to offer Cara Dune a new badge. Sorry, I had to gag on that one. Um, we know that she's got a history as a rebellion slash New Republic trooper, so could she end up going back? Also really manipulative to bring up Alderaan and that her entire family. That was like, that I'm was sorry, kind that of was up. one thing when I was, when he was, I, that was the only time I looked at the screen and I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah. read the rest. Like, some, if you ask someone from like, Alderaan, did you lose somebody? Yeah. Oh, he lost the like, freaking I lo- planet. I lost everyone. What the, everyone. What the hell are you talking everyone about? Everyone is dead. Like, the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> there is no other answer to that question. Right, unless they had someone off planet for some reason. Like it should just which be which even then they probably they still lost everybody still on dead. planet and everything they had on planet. Like it could just be like you're from Alderaan. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> right, but instead he's trying to like poke the bear and get her to restart. Yeah, her wow. service dick move it was it was a low low blow 
Well, there certainly is at least one person who seems to be back from the dead, and that is Big Bad G Moff Gideon, who is back in the fl- back in the flesh aboard uh, the cruiser. He confirms that a tracker was placed on the Razor Crest, which is another nice little New Hope callback. And he is preparing his little army of black armor troopers, perhaps, perhaps with certain force abilities, if those hints from the base are paying off. Okay, so there is like a serious problem with my TV because I could not see the troopers on my TV. I've got like a lighting setting. I always thought was the light, and I was like, "What are they putting in here?" Now I'm the only person who had absolutely no trouble seeing anything in that episode. Sorry, I'm not raising my hand. Topic. We're back in the tons of trouble. Anyways, I'm glad that you're putting these pictures up for us because now I actually get to see the episode. So thanks. Yeah. Yay. All right, sorry, I got us way off track. Sarah, do you want to give us your reactions to this episode? Yeah, so I kind of have mixed reviews for this episode. For me, for whatever reason, it was honestly maybe one of my less favorite episodes, though the moments within the episode really, really shine for me. And I don't know if I care too much about titles. I mean, this thing was called The Siege, and I certainly didn't see one. Or perhaps because Cara Dune, the character, kicked a lot, a lot of butt in the episode, which was great to see. But because the actors' words and actions in real life have kind of really taken the joy out of it for me, and it was very hard for me to enjoy the escapism of Star Wars with that kind of floating around and behind my head. Like sometimes you're able to separate artists from the artwork, but Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, at least in this episode, I wasn't able to. Yeah. But like some of the cute moments that absolutely stole the show were definitely Baby Yoda stealing some snackies at school. (laughs) And it's not like things didn't happen this episode because they certainly did. But if I am allowed the leeway of being a little bit hypercritical, we started this season with- No, not allowed at all. Yeah, not allowed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like nodding. (laughs) What are we even doing here? So so like if I can be critical here, we kind of started this season with Mando's ship being in like this tip top, absolute perfect shape. And now we're like working slowly, but now because of this episode, quickly to making that reality official again so I kind of feel like we started where we already started and I would have loved to see this as an episode nine almost yeah and and that's not to say that episode well episode three episode 11 wasn't absolutely excellent but I don't know I just feel kind of like we're stuck in the same place and maybe again it's great i'm just grouchy because i am ready to see ahsoka but how about you colleen enough for me Mm, also ready to see ahsoka but firstly why do most of the alien characters not have names like stop calling people weakway frog lady and mithril like wheel said they have names let's give the alien characters some names please Ugh. That part made me a little mad, but otherwise I'm okay. I also really, <laughs> really want that fire-breathing meerkat ferret. So cute. Please so cute. So I love cute. the puppetry. The puppetry yes. in Star Wars is fantastic mm-hmm. it's this so season. Good. It's a delightful little ferret muppet who's so cute. Um, besides the cuteness, though, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> Especially about the possible cloning tanks and Gideon's Black Troopers. Like, 
what the F is going on here, you guys. The malformed bodies in the tanks kind of look like Snoke. One of them even looked like it had kind of the scar thing on its mm-hmm. forehead. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if it's really Snoke. Like, is Gideon really connected to the Unknown Regions, Exegol factions that are going to turn into the First Order? I don't know. I guess we'll see going forward. Um, I think the cloning project has to do with giving someone force abilities, whether it's Gideon himself, who maybe is a little greedy and wants them, or someone else. And that mysterious volunteer that Dr. Pershing mentioned, like, who is this? I don't think it's Gideon because he's making his report to Gideon. So who is the volunteer? Questions. Also, the black armor that was in those docking stations, I'm thinking more dark troopers Mm -hmm. instead of like a sentient humanoid troop like the shadow troopers are. The dark troopers are droids, big freaking hulking droids that are from the video game Star Wars Dark Forces, and they could be a really formidable opponent, especially for someone like Ahsoka. Like, ooh, this could be cool, guys. Um, Since it didn't look like the first experiments were working yet, I don't think that these guys are in that project. I don't think they're anywhere near enough ready to be injecting force anything into anyone, thankfully. No thank you, guys. I really was thinking we might get Kyle Katarn, though, because he's really meshed up in the Dark Trooper storylines. We're like, more legends, maybe? Maybe? Probably not. But it's fun to theorize. Either way, it looks like Gideon has a lot of extra projects going on. Yeah, he's like multitasking. For real, his admin (laughs) is excellent. I don't know (laughs) who his assistant is, but they are rocking it. Like this. Yeah, they uh they managed to hang on to the best people after the uh after the empire fell. Yeah, poor Ray Sloan's (laughs) like, where are all the good people? Apparently, Gideon got all the admin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anders, what do you think? So overall, I liked this episode. I kind of echo a lot of what you guys are saying. Like it felt like there was something missing, but. One of the things I just loved about this was that, you know, every week so far has felt kind of like an homage or like a callback to a particular film genre. Mm -hmm. This week, though, actually kind of felt almost just like an homage to Star Wars. It was like... I would agree. It was like actually like the best good type of fan service. Mm -hmm. So, so much of this just seemed like a love letter to the series. I'm pretty sure while we were on that base, every single piece of Stormtrooper dialogue was just like lifted straight out of the original trilogy. (laughs) Same with last Um, week. Including a Wilhelm scream for good measure. Um, Even the kicker at the end about that, the tracker being on the Razor Crest was very Darth Vader putting it on the Millennium Falcon. And that, that part was just executed so well. So that's what I really loved about this episode. Um, Sarah, I think you mentioned this earlier, and I'm glad I'm not alone. I know also our friend Bo pointed this out to us, that main critique of this episode might have been that it's called the siege, but there is no siege. Yeah, by no means a siege. It's like a break-in. Or... It was a break-in, a skirmish, <laughs> a skirmish. I like, at best. Yeah. I, like, I like incursion. I could, I could incursion. Get, yeah, I could incursion. get behind incursion. Yeah, not but a siege. That's kind of a tiny nit to pick, but... On the whole, I still think this was a solid episode. I'd give it a solid B plus, A minus type grade if we were doing that. Um, Do you but, think that like maybe it was the beginning of a siege and we just haven't seen the siege? That's possible. <laughs> like it's phase one. It's part A of phase destroyed. one. Of the siege. What 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 can you siege? Is the Empire going to come and siege the planet after they destroyed they all their records? I mean. You can't Maybe. just give us something from Clone Wars that was called the Siege of Mandalore, which was a siege, and then right. this episode the siege. 
and be like, oh, I thought they were going to get stuck there. Like, that's what I thought was going to happen. That would have been cool. That would have been possibly a siege, yes. <laughs> but again, this episode was still really fun. I still really, really enjoyed every second of it. Um, I'll save my comments on the overarching storyline for my for our mid-season recap. But Wonderful. Flo, do you have any last bits to add? I mean, okay, so I actually really like that it was an homage because I am like a Star Wars movie purist. So like, I don't really do Clone Wars and Rebels and I don't like mm -hmm. really care to get that deep into it. So, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> It's okay, we love you anyway. Very yeah, and we, have, and we have different people, different strokes for different folks, which That's I right. think anyone can appreciate. So this one really worked for me because like every second I was like, oh, this reminds me of this and oh, this reminds me of that. So that was mm -hmm. really fun just like to see it. And it was pretty relaxing. You guys know like my like baseline is did I touch my phone during the episode? And I did touch my phone during the episode. Mm -hmm. So it did not hold my attention as well as the previous one where yeah. I did not touch my phone. Um, again, a little bit dark for me, just in terms of like visually, it was an issue. <laughs> but I will say, I actually think Mando is becoming a really good dad. So I was very excited to see that. Oh, when he, when he cleaned the spit up. Oh my God, with that was cape, so cute. With his cape, that's so parent. Like I mean, peak it was super right gross, but yes, it was like all super parent, or even just like the wire thing. Like with my daughter, like I've got to tell her things like 12 times, like, no, no, like the blue one, no. Find the blue one. Okay, Would you now stick go. your daughter inside of an engine and tell her to well, uh, I wouldn't stick the her wiring? In an engine. <laughs> Maybe I would. You don't know me, what my parenting style is. <laughs> Maybe Make sure they 50. don't touch. And he's like, eh? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. That was wild. It's like, okay, but like, don't put him near explosives, dude. Like, figure out like an easier project. But it was really cute. Super sweet. I kind of like love that he was teaching him like a trade. That was yeah. cute. Like a little life mm -hmm. skill um yeah loved the school bit so much but like sarah said it was super hard for me to separate the actor from um the the work here um yeah every time she came on on the set on my screen i was just like i can't with you right i now. just saw a bully i couldn't see like a fierce female i just saw a bully and you don't want to you don't want to feel that way when you're looking at one of the star wars heroes yeah and yeah. I, I have like a lot of empathy for people who are learning like obviously for I'm sure. sure and so like you know if you don't know something and you fuck up like the first time you know and you get something explained to you and then you learn from it then that's fine like totally just like yeah. say i was wrong and then learn and do better and be better but she is digging her hole so deep at this point that it's just very hard to have any sort of sympathy for her or like any sort of non at a girl yeah. so Especially i'm just like you have pedro out there being an advocate totally. like it looks mm -hmm. really bad next i mean him. just like there's no reason for you to make fun of people's pronouns Right. There's just no need for that. Like, just no. shut up. Like, if you're not going to be kind, then shut up. It go to Parlor. Well, Which, she is on Parlor. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, if you're on Parlor uh, and you're not doing it ironically, we're going to ask Then you're probably, Please you're probably not listening. <laughs> um, I don't think there's much of a crossover. Sorry to. I, I hope not. I hope not. So, yeah, I mean, that was my main issue. I really thought Baby Yoda was going to talk. Well, I'm I guess so close. Uh -huh. He was close. He was really they close. even had like a, oh, he said, I forget 
Yeah, cargo. grief cargo. Yeah. He said yes. That was yeah. so cute. That was so parent as well. That like, was such oh. the director That's moment too when he's like, I get to hold the baby that all was the time. So like cute. mine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when that kid wouldn't share his snacks, I really thought he was gonna be like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know. Kid. It was fine. I give it an 8 out of 10, which is good for me. So Yeah, you know, which is pretty yeah, high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Mm-hmm. All right, predictions, people. Let's see what's going to happen next week. Colleen, you first. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Ahsoka freaking Tano, people. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, whether it's Gideon's forces will be already used, like they're following the tracker already to get to Corvus remains to be seen. I doubt Gideon would confront Din directly at this point because he's the big bad. He doesn't have to. But right. I can see him sending those possible dark troopers planet side to collect the child. <laughs> and then they get their asses handed them by Ahsoka and then cut directly back to Gideon's face. Giancarlo Esposito sneers, Jedi. Like, <laughs> please, right, I want Giancarlo Esposito me. to say that word in like his perfect tone. Like, yes, please. <laughs> um. Okay, I... Still think Baby Yoda's gonna talk. I'm gonna say this every week until he talks. So get yeah. ready. I think he's gonna until talk. Until season five. Yeah. Just shut up. <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, I count the huh when Baby Yoda is fixing the wires. I totally count that as no, a first word. He's gonna say other. actual words, people. It's gonna happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, I do think he's going to be taken. Um, I think we like all need to be prepared for this. Mm-hmm. He is going to be in danger. Um, besides that. I don't think we're going to see Ahsoka next week. I really, I, interesting. I, if they're I really teasing think, us with Dave Filoni directing and writing, that is a bold move. I'm just saying, yeah. like, I think they're going to hold out on it for as long as possible because it's like what people really want to see. And I, I don't know. I think I don't think we're going to see her next week. I didn't think we were going to see her this week. I'm happy we didn't see her this week because I think like we need to work up to it. So I don't think we're seeing her next week. I think we're going to learn more about the cloning. Hopefully, cross your fingers, because that's the really interesting bit. Yep, 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 yep. I, yeah. I have to say that I largely agree with Flo and really don't have too much to add there, because as much as I had thought we would get a sneak peek at Ahsoka at the end of this episode, which, duh, spoiler, did not happen, because that didn't happen even despite the directing and everything, I almost feel like, I don't know, maybe I just think way too highly of Ahsoka, though she totally deserves it. It's kind of like once little baby Yoda is within her periphery, I can't see how the child would be taken. And I agree that it's a compelling plot point and we're kind of building up to that because where, like, what are the really raised stakes going to be going into that finale? So mm-hmm. I agree, Flo. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see my heart rate ratchet up no matter what happens. Though. I think it's going to be mm-hmm. a situation where, like, Baby Yoda is taken and then Din has to pair up with Ahsoka to save him as, like... That I think could make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. That could easily make a lot of sense. Now, the actual order of when that happens and whatnot, who who knows? But, I mean, he's got the repaired Razor Crest. There's nothing to stop him from going to where she is. And he doesn't have a frog lady anymore, so he, with eggs that can't travel through hyperspace, so he can get there quickly. There's no real way for Gideon to, to catch up to him in that sense. Right. So I don't know. I <laughs> the thing that absolutely makes me think we are a hundred percent seeing Ahsoka next week 
would be, as Colleen said, Dave Filoni wrote and directed that episode. So far, the writing credit on every episode so far has been John Favreau. <laughs> and Dave Filoni, Ahsoka is his baby. Oh, yeah. He is her creator. He is her guardian and steward. So it would make absolute sense that for that that would be the point when you switch the writers to the person who knows her the best. I think they're fucking with you. That, it could <laughs> easily also it be, could be it could easily also be that um, I think I think the points that like you and Sarah brought up on that front are absolutely valid. So my prediction is we have no idea. <laughs> Can we get I think lady definitely. Yeah, I think definitely please. one thing's for sure is it's going to be especially if Filoni is writing and directing, it's going to be a wild ride. It's going to be yeah. a great episode next week. For sure. Mm -hmm. Perfect for that um, post-Thanksgiving food hangover the next day. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's, that's right. It's after It's the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, so happy we... Thanksgiving, everyone. Yes, yeah. happy Yay, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Should we all say what we're thankful for to close out the episode? Yeah, we uh -huh. should. <laughs> we should. You want to start us off, Flo? Oh, sure. Um... Well, I am very thankful for the three of you for <laughs> accepting me as I am, Anakin obsessed and all, and I'm thankful for my students. That's what I'm thankful for this year. Anders? Well, I mean, I am absolutely thankful for the three of you for allowing me to come on here and geek out with y'all every week. <laughs> um, I mean, in like a... Somewhat joking, somewhat not joking. I'm thankful that the Mandalorian is back. Gosh, like, you guys like... take mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll and let you go next, Sarah. <laughs> I am. I'm really thankful for um, for my family um, and the fact that we've all thankfully so far avoided the pandemic and as such, and have kind of been on full lockdown for the last week or so, so that we're actually going to be able to be together i mean smaller group than usual but we're we are going to be able to celebrate thanksgiving together um which is great i'll have all four of my nieces and nephews together for the first time since the summer um and i guess the second time since like last christmas so <laughs> i'm really thankful for that sarah well, I'm obviously super duper thankful for this team right here that's just like Captain Obvious has entered a room <laughs> and is like really Is that your new title? Yeah, um, Captain Obvious? Maybe. I could I could try <laughs> I to be Captain Obvious. Because um, unless it's obvious, I don't get the reference. So thanks to Anders and Colleen for like diving in deep for us. <laughs> Um, and then I'll also say thank you, dear listeners, for actually contributing and being here for our best best car and our worst rim jobs and our best rim jobs, <laughs> all of that. <laughs> Did you just say that? Yes, well, it was, that it was a, a running joke on our Clone yes, Wars pod. That is a shout to a Clone Wars episodes. If you want to know what that joke is you have to unlike flow watch clone wars and then listen to our episodes otherwise you're just gonna have to wonder what i'm think what i'm thankful for and maybe what has caused flow to have a little bit of a hot flash i mean anders and i just like looked at each other through the camera like what did she just say <laughs> i listened like, to those clone wars normal, episodes guys. too I, I i don't remember that bit yeah uh, it's yep. been a while it's been it's you know what? I want to say another joke about that, but I'm not going to. Colleen, next for you, my love. <laughs> I'm also very grateful for our team, especially now that we have shared 
<laughs> Please give us the best Beskar outer rim job winner. <laughs> it just got really hot. <laughs> Seriously, it, that was one of my favorites. Um, I'm thankful that Duncan did not interrupt our recording. Ah, yes. <laughs> but also I'm a little sad. He needs here. to make his weekly appearance. I know. He's being a diva tonight. I don't know what's wrong with him. He's just sitting well, on the couch. he's a cat. That's what they do. Oh, yeah. He's a Slytherin <laughs> and a diva. And yeah, he's just over there. I'm also really grateful for my family. I mean, we've had a couple COVID scares, but nothing too bad. Unfortunately, we won't be able to do our family Thanksgiving. It, normally enormous so that makes a lot of sense that we're not doing it but I will get to be with my mom and she's an excellent cook and baker so I will not be in any hard shape for food everything will be fine there will be beer oh yeah grateful for beer yeah, yeah I'm grateful for wine and apple pie Oh, yeah. and I'm definitely grateful for my kid. I probably should have said that. Sure. <laughs> well, your husband? I love you. <laughs> Well, I think talking about Flo's child and dealing with the child and loving the child, both real and imaginary, is kind of the best place for us to leave it today. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us and come back next time when we continue exploring the Mandalorian and other geeky goodies. You can enjoy us in our podcast and YouTube forum. Either way, enjoy smashing that subscribe button so that we can ratchet mm -hmm. up those views check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes and more importantly than that since you're already here enjoy colleen's book corner where she is detailed dorky dive in reviewing star wars literature and you can also contact us via email and social media matt harrington recently made fun of me for <laughs> at ads versus atat so keep those <laughs> Wait, emails coming right? i need to know who was right so everyone's right. It's Star Wars. Yeah, I just had you. never heard of it. Yeah, I just had never heard of it. And I think that that is absolutely wonderful. I think so, it's one of those things that it's just like you never hear out loud. Exactly. Exactly. And so until next time, be thankful for your friends. Be thankful for one another. And keep those sabers up and those episodes streaming. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Cheers. Should we talk about rim jobs now? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs>